This is an AMI podcast. When the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review. I'm Ramia Amudin, the host of the show, here with Nisreen Abdel-Majid, who is also going to be talking all things audiobooks. We are in the midst of kicking off the show with a quote from some kind of fantasy series, going with the well-known ones, uh, in case you're thinking, hmm, I haven't checked out that series yet, so let me do that. This quote that you heard from today uh, is from A Game of Thrones by J.R.R. Martin, um, his basically his most popular series still yet to be finished. We're we're still waiting on that, but you might be a Game of Thrones TV show fan, in which case you uh, still have some exposure to it. But I thought I would bring that up because we talked about um, we talked about the Lord of the Rings series. We talked about Harry Potter all the time because you have to talk about Harry Potter all the time if you have me around for mm. audiobook listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, uh, several other quotes and things that we've picked. We talked about a name of the wind with Matt Agnew last episode. So I thought, let's go with the Game of Thrones. And we still have a couple more episodes for January. So we'll keep bringing those fantasy series to you. Now, let's move on to some CELA information. We love to visit our friends at celalibrary.ca, go into the featured books section, which is the uh, first heading pretty much, the, the first real heading on the site. And the three books that they have on tap for us this week are Our Darkest Night by Jennifer Robson. This is a multicultural fiction category. Their Plant Eyes by M. Leona Godin. And this is Blindness and Visual Impairment. And then the last one on this list is Danger in Numbers by Heather Graham. This one is Suspense and Thrillers. So those are the featured titles. We'll visit one of them today later on in our pause or play section of this episode. And now, Nizreen, moving on quite quickly to what's trending with you. Yeah, so audiobooks.com tweeted out this week's hottest book releases and Remya, really interesting picks this week. So starting off with The Betrayal of Anne Frank, A Cold Case Investigation by Rosemary Sullivan. Uh, oh. Next is Things I Should Have Said, Family, Fame, and Figuring It Out by Jamie Lynn Spears. That's another good pick. Lightning in a Mirror by Jane Ann Krentz. Robert B. Parker's Bye Bye Baby by Ace Atkins. And the fifth book of this list is The Hag, The Lifetimes and Music of Merle Haggard. Um, the first one wow. out of this whole list, I think I would pick uh, The Betrayal of Anne Frank, A Cold Investigation by Rosemary Sullivan. That one sounds very interesting. That's something I'm not much of an uh, of a history person when it comes to books, but tempting. I would go with the second one actually would be my top pick with uh, Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney Spears' sister. Um, things I Should Have Said, right? Is that what you said mm, the title is? Yeah. So Things I Should Have Said, Family, Fame, and Figuring It Out by Jamie Lynn Spears. That's also wow. an interesting one. So those two picks. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, okay, so number one, I've watched some of the things that they have on Netflix for for documentaries, for um, hypotheses, for all kinds of stuff that has to do with Britney Mm -hmm. Spears and the conservative ship um, issues and challenges that have been going on with her for like a decade almost now. And then – also, this is neither here nor there, but Jamie Lynn Sears was a co like a guest star on Sweet Magnolias, which I watched recently. So this just feels like a very like I'm paying attention, you know, it keeps coming up, yeah. that kind of feel. So I think that it's a great I, I I'm so curious, actually. I don't know if it'd be good or not, but I'm so curious about what kind of stuff she mentions, whether it has to do with her own realities of uh, becoming a young celebrity, uh, having young pregnancy and that kind of stuff. But I'm sure it's going to touch on some of the family drama, right? Yeah, she, well, it sounds like they both have a complicated life and that's what makes it more thought provoking, right? So just the fact that I just remember uh, Jamie Lynn Spears from Disney Channel, to be honest. And I remember her leaving the (laughs) show. One day's. Yeah, she left the show uh, at that time because she was pregnant so young. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I would definitely read there. It, when it comes to celebrity books, I feel mm-hmm. like when they have something genuine to talk about, like their real life situation, and it's genuine, that's when I can pick up a book. That's when I can read the documentary. That's when I can watch the documentary, the biographies all things like that. That's when that interests me. Other than that, it really doesn't interest me when it comes to like general stuff. I've heard so many celebrity stories, uh, just general stories. Oh, like being in the spotlight, whatever. They have a complicated life and I would love to learn more. I haven't caught up that much with them. For sure. And with Britney Spears, too, a lot of the reason why we're we're talking more about this conservatorship is because we're realizing this is a disability issue. Um, this is a rights issue. There, there are a lot yeah. of, um, you know, imprisonment basically going on with with Britney. And so for in the last year or two years, I'd say um, it's been making the headlines in different ways, in ways that you may not have expected because, you know, she was huge. She was huge. Absolutely. And five years ago, eight years ago, we were saying, oh, Brittany, yeah, she's going through her crazy phase. But that's absolutely not what was happening. And when you can put your words down in some books like this one or, you know, others, you're getting almost the the journal perspective right? You're getting the, the, I guess, somewhat edited, but you're still getting the candid perspectives of the people who are going through it, where we may not have been hearing that in the media for the last several years. Thanks for, um, you know, giving us that list of what's trending and looking forward to more audiobook talk. We're checking in with Marcy Yale, avid audiobook listener and an advocate in the communities. I'm Ramia Amuthan here with Nisreen Abdelmajid, and it's time for us to pause or play, specifically on a title that we already chatted about in the first part of the show, uh, this one from the Sila Library's featured titles book. It's called Their Plant Eyes by M. Leona Godin, and it's a blindness and visual impairment uh, category. So let's get into the synopsis of this before you say yes or no to this read. From Homer to Helen Keller... From Toon to Stevie Wonder, from the invention of Braille to the science of echolocation, 
M. Leona Godin explores the fascinating history of blindness, interweaving it with her own story, gradually losing her sight. Their plant eyes probes the ways in which blindness has shaped her ocular-centric culture, challenging deeply ingrained ideas about what it means to be, quote, blind. For millennia, blindness has been used to signify such things as thoughtlessness, blind faith, irrationality, blind rage, and unconsciousness, blind evolution. But at the same time, blind people have been known as the recipient of special powers, as compensation for lost sight, from the poetic gifts of John Milton to the heightened senses of the comic book hero Daredevil. Godin, who began losing her sight at age 10, illuminates the often surprising history of both the condition of blindness and the myths and ideas that have grown up around it over the course of generations. She combines an analysis of blindness in art and in culture from King Lear to Star Wars with a study of the science of blindness and key developments in accessibility, the white cane, embossed printing, digital technology to paint a vivid personal and cultural history. Now, it's time to press pause or play on what might be hitting close to home for a lot of us who are low vision or blind to begin with. That's why I wanted to read the whole synopsis of this book, a lot to take in. Marcy, starting with you, do you press pause or play on this title? Hmm. I think a play. What intrigues you about it? Just the, the all of the history that she's dredged up all of the different people that you wouldn't think of as being blind. Like I, I, I don't know if I ever knew that Homer was blind, but boy, he he told a great tale. Wow. Okay, so that's a a, a great take. Um, how about you, Niz? Pause or play on this one. I like to listen to things that I can relate to. So for someone who's um, losing their vision, I can relate to this book. I would press play. Okay, so that's two out of three of us pressing play. I'm a little skeptical only because I I feel very much engrossed in blind culture, low vision conversations, and everything and anything surrounding this. So for me, I sometimes feel that it might be a little premature to jump into books like this, thinking that I'll learn something new. And now that's, of course, like, you know, a little too much confidence coming from my end, but that's just genuinely how I feel about it on first grasp. Now, if enough blind and low vision people have read this book and say, guys, this is a must read, there's a lot to be learned about the comparison and the contrast of cultures here, uh, then I'm pretty sure I'd give it a try. But at this point, I might be pausing it. But appreciate both of your um, explanations for why you would play this book. And that's Again, just to give people the title, if you're intrigued, they're Plant Eyes by M. Leona Godin, and you can find this on the CELA Library's homepage featured title section as well. So you heard the voice of the avid audiobook listener that we're going to be chatting with today. We're opening up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, all the above, and reminisce on some audiobooks. Marcy Yale is an avid audiobook listener, which is why she's on this show. And she's also a tireless advocate in the blind and low vision community. Marcy, welcome to AMI Audiobook Review. Thank you for chatting audiobooks with us. Well, I love to read. I've always loved to read. I totally know that already. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, I want to get started with a little bit of an A or B to get to know your listening habits. Okay. Is that cool with you? 
Sure. Okay. So these don't have to be mutually exclusive, but it's just kind of a where do you lean towards? So are you A, pile them on type of person, toss me the recommendations and I'll hear all of it, uh, or B, I can't hear you, I'm listening. So no matter what I'm doing, earbuds are in and audiobook is on. I say A. Oh, you take recommendations, eh? Okay. I do. I, I don't always listen to them or I don't always follow through, but I'll take the <laughs> recommendations. Yes. The follow through is the question. Right? Okay. So your <laughs> list is long, your reading list. Yes. My <laughs> list is very long. Okay. It keeps getting um, longer. <laughs> I No kidding. Are you A, the verifier? So if it's hot on the market, I'll probably listen, kind of like what I said about their plant eyes, or B, uh, you speed race. So 1.5x plus is the only way that you listen to audiobooks. Uh, can I say neither? <laughs> None of the above? Sure. So you never speed up books? Uh, well, uh, I used to when they were on cassette. And when you sped them up, they turned into chipmunks. Right. Because then it didn't matter how bad the narrator was. they always turned into chipmunks so it was great but now even if a narrator is bad with digital when you speed him up or her up they're still the same they're just reading faster (laughs) right and that just doesn't cut it for you no no I mean if I if the narrator's bad it doesn't matter how fast I get through the book it's probably not going to happen this is a very rare perspective, Marcy. Do you know this? <laughs> Usually <laughs> people know. are like, thank people are like, thank goodness people don't get chipmunked anymore. Thank goodness we can speed it up without it going know, high in pitch. The other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I miss the chipmunks. Uh, that is hilarious. And also going back to the verifier, you don't mind if something's hot on the market or not. You're not necessarily no, I don't care. for that. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, because you mentioned the chipmunk thing, how often do you even listen to audiobooks in human narrated? Like, do you mind if things are in human narrated or not? Well, lately, I haven't been listening to many audiobooks because the narrators can kill them. So I would much prefer to listen to an ebook being read to me by Apple's Alex. Mm. There's a, a plug for Alex. <laughs> on my iPhone, on one of the two main book apps, Apple or Amazon, whichever one, right. <laughs> doesn't matter, I don't care. Because I have found that narrators can literally kill a book for me. They can kill a series. If the first book, if the narrator was really bad, I won't listen to the rest of the series because there's just no right. way. Now, so do I, you yeah. try the narration first and then say uh-uh and then restart it with the synth audio or do you just now you're habitually listening to synth audio oh i don't listen to synth well synth audio meaning alex um, yes alex mm-hmm. i usually just go straight to alex and go and buy my book off of you know amazon or or apple wow <laughs> I, I don't know i love owning books i love the con and, and i know that that Sila is there, but I rarely use it. That's really interesting. I have tons on Audible from way back. And then I have tons on Apple and Amazon. 
so I mean, technically, it's ebook listening, right? Yes. You're you're listening to the ebook. Um, I mean, it's still audio, so it's like audiobook listening, yeah. but it's really not human narrated. But I find that fascinating because a lot of people, you know, the narration turns them off, but. <laughs> the uh, other end of the spectrum is listening in synthesized audio, right, Alex? You know what it is? I, I think what it is is that I can ignore Alex as a voice and just mm-hmm. hear the words going by. When I started out as a Braille reader, so when you're reading in Braille and I guess in print as well, your mind is making up voices for the characters. They aren't being supplied by, they're not being supplied by a narrator. They're not being supplied by a a movie or TV show. So when I read with Alex, I can ignore Alex and my mind can still make its own determination of how I think this person would actually sound. So it's, it's just a way I've been able to ignore the narrators and <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> ignore that all the there poor are narrators. still some good ones. There are oh still, yeah, honestly, there are some great narrators. Totally, you know, I can empathize where you're coming from because going from you know print reading, right, which is what I used to do, very, very, very slowly and large print, but going in print reading, uh, which, you know, sighted readers say the same thing, you create the voices in your head, you create the characters, you use the um, directions on the page to imagine, right? Uh, But when you have a narrator reading for you, it's completely the opposite. Someone's telling you the story, and you're listening to them. What you're doing is kind of like the amalgamation of the two, you're creating it in your head, someone's reading it for you, but you're almost ignoring them and just listening to the words. And creating the the story and the accents and the whatever else in your head. Okay, so you do have um, a recommendation for us. And I think we should get into it because you, you want to chat about it. So you tell us. So um, there is a series which also has a, which spawned a TV series uh, called Outlander by Diana Gabaldone. Uh, she always said that her name rhymes with stone. Uh, but it's, it. but the, the end of it is D-O-N. So, but she said, that's how she said it in a book signing I was at. Just think of my name as rhyming with stone. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, so she wrote Outlander as a lark, just to see if at the age of 35, after being a scientist all her life, whether she could write a novel. So she wrote Outlander and it took off. And then people started, she got a book deal that said, write three, you know, write two more and then two more and then two more. And so she's up to number nine, which came out on November 23rd of 2021. Oh, wow. Recent. Yeah. Very recent. And it's called Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone. Which is a very strange ah. title, but there are bees in the story. Um, Claire, the main character, keeps bees and makes and sa- she gets the honey from the bees back in okay. 1779, <laughs> which is where the whole thing takes place. This this is actually, I think, the first of the books. That has stayed in the same year, the same century. 
I just realized really that. it's yeah it didn't go no one went time traveling in this book spoiler alert uh, uh-huh. <laughs> everybody was in the same the same wow that's uh, you know what that is amazing um I just realized that now uh, wow but it's the audiobook I don't know whether Sila gets audio from audible or not um I know I think they're supposed to. It's a random house book, so they might get it. But the audiobook is read by Davina Porter and she has done the entire Outlanders series, all right. other eight big books. And uh this one is 49 hours. So Oh my god, I was just <laughs> gonna ask how long have how long are the others? In and around the same? Uh one of them is 54. I think that's fire. It's either fiery. Yeah. I think fiery cross, which is book five is 54 hours. And that's wow. the longest one. Outlander is the shortest. I think it's at 34 hours. <laughs> Super short. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> not, you know, you just can't read them in one night. Sorry. They'll take a while, uh, yeah. but it is worth it. it um, this one brings in basically everybody that you know and love or hate gets mentioned in this book. And uh, yeah, there are cliffhangers. So yes, there will be a book 10. This okay. is not the last. Now, has this she announced that formally? Uh, she has no choice. Says the loyal fan ends, base. Well, no, uh-huh. the way book nine ends. There has to be a book 10. <laughs> when was the first book released? The Outlander uh, series? Like, do you know 90, how long it's been? 1991. Wow. Yeah. Straight up 30 years of, of yeah. the series. To get nine books. Plus, there are offshoots. Um, okay. One of, the, one of the characters, Lord John Gray, has about six or seven of books that are mainly about him. Same um, author. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they fit in the middle somewhere. There's a chronology somewhere. And I just can't remember how it works. But in between a couple of the big Outlander books come about four or five of these Lord John Gray short books. And they are short. I think the longest have- one is 200 pages or something. Have you taken that ride as well with the offshoots? Oh, yeah. okay wow yes i think i've read i hope i've read everything there are a few other outlander stories um our jrr martin our good old uh, george rr martin whatever his name is the guy that wrote games of game of thrones put out a bunch Mm -hmm. of anthologies in his day and a few of diana's little stories made it into a few of his anthologies well, there are a few wow. little stories out there floating around, uh, and most of them are odd are have been made into audiobooks or audio stories. Or mm-hmm. so. I mean, the the fan base is humongous for the series. Um, is there a lot of? We don't have much time, Marcy, but is there a lot of discrepancy between the TV show, the TV series, and the uh, oh, books? Oh yes, 
Uh, yes, okay. and that's very frustrating for a, a true Outlander fan. And the other thing that uh-huh. I got to warn you, if you want to listen, watch the Stars series, is it is not described. It's and they not, are, yeah. they're coming up on season six, launches March the 6th, I believe it is. And I don't think there's any plans to audio describe that one either. And so I, <laughs> I, it's a very frustrating watch. We'd be completely surprised if they said, here's season six with description. Okay, Marcy, I got to oh let you go. But one oh. thing that you love about the Outlander series to, to send us off with, just one thing. One thing, it will take you out of your head. So whatever's Ooh. going on in your life, bye-bye. Uh, you, will, <laughs> you will get, well, she once said that, it, that she would give anyone a dollar if they could pick up Outlander, the original book, and read a page and not want to read the rest of it. Wow. It, it, just, it just grabs you and takes you out of your head. That is awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks in general for coming on the show, but really to be talking about this book, which is huge. So uh, you leave us with that. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. We were speaking with Marcy Gale, avid audiobook listener, and her recommendation, Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone by Diana Gabaldon. And this is the ninth and most recent book in the Outlander series. That's it for AMI Audiobook Review for this week. We'll be back next time. But until then, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.